Hello, coffee lovers. So why am I here? My love of coffee started with my grandparents hiding coffee candies in their pockets. Finding those little wrapped treasures ingrained that flavor into my memory, along with a sense of love and connection. We are all drawn to the experiences that shape our lives. Coffee has those stories. It invites that connection. It's probably why cafes around the world are packed. We want to feel the energy of people and wrap our hands around a hot cup of connection. Enter the coffee meetup. Coffee, the consummate excuse. You might not even drink it, but it's a tool, a figurative concept, a vehicle to connect. Coffee Culture, the podcast, is your new place for that. There will be short episodes and full interviews. Come for the coffee meetup and stay for the connection. I'm your host, Holly Shannon. Hello, coffee lovers. Today, I have Cormac I, Jackson. You're recording this. You are on. I yeah. am. We're recording. <laughs> What's going on, Cormac? You're my so favorite impressive. guy from across the um, pond. Wow, that's that's very flattering you to say so. I am um, across the pond being Britain, for those who don't know the, the wonderful country. Still in the World Cup, unlike Germany. There we go. <laughs> uh, well as a said. Person, I'm obliged to say that. Yeah, morally obliged to say that. Uh, I'm good. No, I'm very good. Um, we were just discussing the joy. Oh, well, the audience would know as it's all recorded of being a coffee drinker. Um, oh, no, no. And, let's say again, because... Because I don't think they caught that part. So um, I I was joking on LinkedIn with Cormac about, um, you know, how he's subjected to his weak tea. <laughs> um, and we've we've had a little uh, going back and forth on that. Um, but Cormac uh, picked up on a line in my um, podcast. Uh, would you like to share that and like how you've used coffee? Yeah, absolutely. You, you were talking talking about um uh in your episode with the guy whose name Johnny. you said which is <laughs> Johnny mm-hmm. um I'm sure it's your second name but that's Johnny G and Gregorio I said, <laughs> oh what, what what a name wow I know that's... it's fabulous G and Gregorio hi Johnny he's part of uh the lifey project so definitely there'll be a link in the show notes if you want to see our interview <laughs> His, his name's a masterpiece. That should be the name of a, a gallery or something. The Jigorio Gallery. Anyway, right, I'm getting distracted. So you were saying with him that, you know, it's it, the, the idea of having the Coffee Culture podcast is that coffee is this kind of universal symbol for connection. Uh, and you said specifically in the episode that it's, it's a tool because people who might not even drink coffee say, hey, you know, let's get a coffee. And in my head, when I heard that, I kind of laughed because I thought, well, pretty much everyone drinks coffee, except actually for myself, I don't, I don't drink coffee. It's not like a British thing. I, I just don't drink tea either. Um, and I, I kind of, now it's an ongoing joke amongst my friends that I don't drink coffee just purely because I haven't had coffee. So it's like ironic, but I thought you're right. I still say that to people. I still go, Hey, let's get a coffee, even though I have no intention of drinking a coffee. And then when we get to the cafe, have to you know either buy a smoothie or semi uh ironic slash awkwardly explain that yeah i don't actually drink coffee but <laughs> you know we're here now so let's crack on 
<laughs> do you do you find like the coffee meetup for you is typically more um social or just like being there for a friend or is it like a prime networking tool for you yeah pure business no no time for social stuff you know i don't even have friends anymore just linkedin acquaintances <laughs> and they're virtual so i can't even get coffee with them it's a disaster <laughs> do you know if you send them weekly checks your friends will meet you for coffee <laughs> <laughs> I've run out of money. That's the problem. <laughs> <laughs> the bribery doesn't work anymore. <laughs> I can't even buy them coffee. Um, no, mainly, yeah, oh, good question. Is it social? It's, I think it's actually genuinely mixed everything. There's always, there's there's the there's the work, you know, let's get a coffee. Um, I think friends tends to be more like a drink in the evening. But again, British, we're all alcoholics. That's probably why. Um there's also the afternoon date vibe, you know, go for a coffee when like, you know, maybe you've only met someone once. So you think like a drink in the eve could be a bit much and you're like, well, let's just get a coffee. Um, so even probably more that or more work, uh, no, no middle ground, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Probably. No, but that you use it for all three. And it's funny. Um, I had two interviews, um, one with, um, Christopher Lewis and Jamie Villamore who have a podcast called dating intelligence. And then I had one with um, another friend, Stacy Weimer, who has a podcast called Man Shopping with Stacy. And we talked exactly about that, the coffee date, that it was kind of this safe space in a way, because like the commitment is sort of like low mm. level. And if within the time of standing online together, grabbing a table yeah. and sipping your coffee, like if the date is just not like there's no connection it's an easy out. You're not committed to dinner. You know, you spent five bucks. What, like, who cares kind of thing. Um, do you find like for you then, like the coffee date is more comfortable for the, the first time? Well, like you say, you know, you're in the line, can't your coffee. We never even make it to the table. Sadly, you know, they figured out long before that, that yeah, time to get out of here. <laughs> All right, coffee lovers, my my family here, this is why I have Cormac on because he has had me laughing for the past, well, we've been friends for like two, two and a half years now. Yeah, um, yeah. And, and I've Very never longer. been, I've never hung out with him in England and he's never hung out with me in the US, but like, I feel like you're like my best friend from a past life because we just laugh we, all the time. We never got coffee together, unfortunately. We never got coffee <laughs> together. Did. So, so let me ask you another question. Have you ever even just like taken a sip of it? Well, we'll, we'll, we'll get to that. Let's go back to your previous one briefly. <laughs> um, because I just, I find it funny because I think I've heard, I actually think I heard you talking about this in an episode which went like viral, didn't it? You were, there's some clip of you, I think I saw on Instagram of basically you and some other interesting people roasting some poor chap. <laughs> or uh you know what was it he, he queued up for the coffee but his date wasn't there yet he she may have been late or he may have just been early and he wanted to keep the table so he got himself a coffee <laughs> sat at the table and then told her to queue up by herself exactly i love your feedback on that so that did go viral on uh instagram everybody go check that out um that was the couple uh the co-hosts sorry not a, they're not a couple the co-hosts from uh dating intelligence but we don't know, like I heard this on a TikTok. So we don't even know, was she late or was he early? So we have to assume that mm. 
they they were on time or he was at least a little early because he had enough time to get online, get his coffee and sit down. So like as a good English gentleman, Cormac, how would you have handled that? Like, what would you have done? Luckily, I'm always late, so I wouldn't have had that problem. (laughs) (laughs) All right, problem solved. All right, can't talk anymore. Let's, all right, let's say you both were late. Yeah. Let's say you both were late, okay? And you bump into each other right when you get there, and the line is really long. The question to you would be, would you ask her to like stand online with you? And even though there was like an open table, just to use that time to get to know each other while you were in queue? Or would you say, hey, go Mm -hmm. grab a seat. What can I get you? Option A, option B. So what I would say, I think it's pretty, I think in hindsight, it's kind of simple, right? Is let's say, let's say you're actually there early. First option. If the queue and you've gone and got yourself coffee because you're waiting, maybe you're, you're actually quite early. If the queue's super long, you just leave together. You either queue up, get a coffee and then leave. Um, you certainly don't make them queue up by themselves for like five minutes. That's an absolutely terrible idea. If you're there sitting down and you've got a table, the place is not too busy. Uh, and the queue is, you know, not huge. Sure, you know, if she, you know, you'd be like, hey, um, even that feels weird, though, doesn't it? Like, try say that with a straight face. Hey, you just get yourself a drink while I sit here. It's there's no there's no getting out of it. So I think the answer. I think if it's busy, it's kind of obvious. Which is, if it's busy, you don't even want to be there, right? Mm-hmm. Why would you want to be in somewhere super busy and super loud? This sounds like a first date. Just just get your coffee and get out, or even better, just get out and get a coffee somewhere else. Mm-hmm. if it's not that busy then you can probably just queue up with her because it's not that busy and then you can get a table together so i think i think yeah unfortunately he picked the, the worst option <laughs> i think so too i think so too i think he should have made the effort to make you know to be with her use that time together because you know coffee date is not typically super long you know maybe it's an hour or something right like you just don't want to waste that time yeah. so i agree with you i agree with you and cues are a great place to get to know someone like it's actually a thing like i think because you know you're moving a little bit there's like this thing that you're waiting for so there's kind of like a sense of progress uh you know in the the meeting slash journey and so you could be queuing for anything like you could be queuing up at a club you could be queuing up for a coffee you could be you know queuing at a bar like it's actually even if it's a great place to get to know someone who you didn't even go with you know the person who's queuing behind you or in front of you just chat to them uh which is even easier if you know you actually know the person you've come together so i think he missed the trick he didn't even fuck up like he actually missed the trick yeah you know, i agree chatting in the queue would have been great well you know what's really interesting to me is you're like chatting up you know you're standing in line with your coffee date but you're chatting up with the people in queue behind you and in front of you so you've actually secured two other dates in that time period right yeah. <laughs> Unfortunately, I'm not that smooth, and uh, and I am more of a gentleman than that. So I would try not to secure a second date on one date. But you know, time's tough, right? You know, <laughs> money is time, or whatever they say. <laughs> Got to make the most of it. <laughs> so, um, business, like, what kind of? Do you ever? You said you kind of do business sometimes at the at a coffee shop. Have you done that recently? Mm-hmm. <laughs> this is this is actually really funny so the one example i have of you're talking about the whole queuing story or whatever i was actually um i was actually in a in a oh wow my my dog has just come into my room and she's going to demand affection as all oh dogs that's do. quite all right she's very sweet 
Puppies are allowed in Panda. Zoom. Actually, I would have mine, um, but he's sleeping. She's not even a puppy. She's a full-grown adult child of a dog. Well, mine um, too. Mine's six oh. and a half, but you know, we we still call them our puppy. You know, because they're our baby. I mean, I call my son my baby. <laughs> <laughs> so to go to your question about the uh the coffee and the uh yeah, the business so i was actually in berlin recently for a conference and i was meeting um with the head of berlin from a, a pretty well-known bank i won't say their name just in case you know doesn't want to be referenced but could it be deutsche is, bank I no i just don't know <laughs> didn't they go bust no <laughs> can i make that joke <laughs> probably not um of course you can no, that was not a that was not a joke about Deutsche Bank. I was thinking Lehman Brothers. You know, definitely not a sly. Uh, anyway, so I was there. I was there. So I actually did get there early, and it was really busy, and the queue was really long. <laughs> so I sat down, and I actually did get a table. But the problem is, so in my defence, compared to what I just said, a it's not a date. B, I'm in Berlin, and I don't know Berlin very well uh and and you know see this guy is kind of like it's it's well we kind of mutually set it up but he's a pretty chill guy but he's also fairly senior so he gets there and uh i'm thinking in my head literally the discussion we just had so like am i gonna queue with him or should we go somewhere else <laughs> like do i try and hold this table what's going on and luckily he he solves the problem completely by jumping straight in being like I'm so glad you picked this place. Like they do the best like tarts here. My, my wife actually asked me to like bring back two home. So wait, if you just stay here, I'll, I'll just queue. And do you want anything? And in my head, I was like, wow, so many problems solved all in, all in the space of so five great. seconds. Like, um, I feel like so that that's easier. Business. Yeah. I think it's just easier with business because there's a different kind of expectation there. You're coming there to like sit across from each other and have you know, networking kind of opportunity. Big, so if you get to a coffee business, shop and there's, yeah. yeah. And there's like one table left, then actually you did, you did a good thing grabbing it. Cause obviously you can't just stand in queue and talk business. Right. You know, what I would recommend for business. This is wild. Actually. I, I worked this out. I kind of reverse engineered this by complete fluke. Um, I met with this guy again, I won't name names, but super cool. And he wanted to, he originally we were going to meet up, but he's pretty busy. So he was like, Hey, can we then get a zoom? I kind of pushed back. Cause I think when you can meeting someone in person is always better, especially when like, you know, the travel isn't particularly problematic for you. You know, you're not catching a plane or anything. No, no polar bears died, you know, in transit. Um, and so I was like, no, no, where, where are you based? Like, let's, let's meet up. And he said, this area, can you walk and talk? And I was like, sure. I actually hadn't really done like a, a walking meeting that's like with someone new before i've done plenty with like you know friends or colleagues or my boss or whatever um but not with like a kind of new encounter right and again he was pretty um senior to some extent uh young but senior i would describe him as and what was interesting was we did the walking meeting it was really fun um and we went around loads of places and what i realized at the end was that it was way way easier for me to recall all the details because compared to when i just sat in a single place like a, like a, have a coffee for a meeting where you know to be blunt the scenery is pretty similar it's people that all merge into one you know you're not moving etc with this the different places we walked 
acted as like chapters or like mental timestamps for the different topics. So if I wanted to remember what was said, I literally just virtually went on the walk again. And at each different place, it triggered in my brain what we were talking about. So it was like, it was like a way of like mentally tabbing what was discussed, which again is really convenient because when you're walking, you don't have a diary, you know, you can't really take notes as well. Uh, which you can do at a sitting meeting, but it's always nice to kind of be really engaged rather than taking notes. So that was a really unique and kind of perfect compromise I found, basically. That is like, like the meeting. coolest business hack that you found by accident. And I I love that. I, I think when we walk or do any sort of um, exercise in general and 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 there's like medical scientific proof for this i mean i don't i can't like quote where i'm getting it from but i've read it millions of times that most of the clarity and aha moments um are when you're walking and you're or exercising or in the shower doing anything other than physically like pen and paper on the computer you know researching or whatever so it's kind of like you blended like that hack you you created a hack because you're like able to have um more clear thinking and i love the little timestamp thing because it's like by association like here's big ben and we were talking about the economy uh, and right exactly, yeah. here's the, the the vna museum and we were talking about his children or like i'll have to send a card uh, for them <laughs> I mean, what else would you talk about next to Big Ben, right? Other than the economy, as as all good British folk should do. <laughs> Big Ben's the economy. What's uh, you know, the Canary Wharf is um, the recession, uh, which is a subset of the economy, I suppose. It's just a permanent recession in Britain now as well. So you know, that is the economy. There's no fluctuations anymore. It's just one. It's just one never-ending recession. Oh man. <laughs> Well, we're we might be facing down our share of stuff with uh, the interest rates and you know all that, but you know remains to be seen because the market seems to keep doing all right. So I'm I'm not sure what that means. I, I'll have to talk to an economist, and I'm not sure that oh, they, they don't know either. Yeah, they probably don't know. Do you know my? my I feel like I I get the best advice or ideas from like talking with my son because. He, he seems to be, you know, he's educating himself in the area of business, economics, and finance, but he's he's like mm -hmm. constantly living it um, as a student and doing like co-ops and, and learning. So he's in that stage where he's like basically a sponge. So I feel like his ideas are so relevant, like he's paying attention, he's getting from all places. And I feel like a lot of economists have kind of like grayed out in their thinking like they they learned one methodology they're still thinking that way they're not immersing themselves with like new technologies and new ideas so it's kind of um flat to me wow i i wish i wish when i was home like today my mom would say such wonderful things about me that's uh i don't know i don't think i'm her one true source of wisdom quite quite the opposite i imagine yeah but you went to <laughs> that's, that's you went to, to a high power school right you went to london school of economics didn't you i did go to london school of economics and okay, well, that's like the end all be all yeah would you study i still managed to study a lot of economics well my my major was sociology but basically at lse you end up studying maths and economics with actually anything you could you could go there and, and study 
I mean, to be honest, yeah, that's the least mathematical subject I can think of. Like literature, and then you end up there. Yeah. (laughs) You still basically come up with an economics degree. It's great. (laughs) That's fantastic. Well, look where it's gotten you. Tell, you know, can, can you share with like my listeners, like what you're working on right now, like what you do? Sure, sure. Well, well, right now, this very second, I was uh, meant to be catching up with Holly, and then she's introduced this new genius tactic of ambushing people and turning the catch up into an episode on a podcast, which is actually fantastic. <laughs> I might steal that. I basically yeah. the reason I'm saying that it's is, spontaneous. Um, I I basically did this to my boss. So what is so my my job at the moment is uh, I work for uh, Diraj Mukherjee, who is one of the co-founders of Shazam. Uh, they sold the business to Apple a while ago, and now he's an angel investor and a professional speaker. And so I, I kind of manage all different parts of his business, uh, from the angel investing to the to the speaking. And a part of the job is connecting those two dots, right? You know, how do you take the stories from the investing, from the people he works with, and turn that both into stories to go on stage to promote the companies and to promote the people, but also as a form of like, you know, spreading awareness or like just like, you know, telling stories on LinkedIn or whatever it might be. And uh, he's one for, he loves stories, but he hates marketing because essentially he finds it, you know, both a time sink that he can't be bothered with and disingenuous. And so what I started doing, much to your, you'll be very proud, is I started recording our team Zoom sessions because they basically end up being comedy shows uh, with, you know, bits of insight and uh, and direction thrown in every now and again. And uh, and then turning them with my video editor into short little like mini movies, like 40 second movies, like trailers, you know, for like just his personality, the ideas we were working on, et cetera. And then putting these on on, on LinkedIn. Um and they 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 performed really well and that they were they were great fun. And you captured that real natural essence of someone, right? Which is what actually, you know, an important part of my job is, is you know, capturing that the essence of his ideas, his character, his spirit. And helping him turn those into, you know, whether it's compelling talks or whether it's just kind of broadcasting that, um, you know, to kind of get people involved in them in whatever we're working on. So, yeah, so that's a, that's a snippet of what I do. Very relevant to your excellent tactic of ambushing people, which I'm a big fan of. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, you know, um, ambushing is more fun, um, and you were ready for it. I mean, you, I I, I know your person. I know your personality. Yeah, like you're you're the person who I could like pull that rug out from underneath, and you're like you just mobilize. You're like, okay, let's do this. <laughs> Hey, coffee lovers, I have two quick announcements. I am opening a YouTube channel at Holly Shannon, and I'm going to have all of coffee culture on there. So you can capture the little shorts for five minutes here and there, or you can capture the full length interviews. Also, my book Zero to Podcast is on Amazon and it's on my website. And it is the how to guide to start your podcast really fast and get your voice and ideas on iTunes and Spotify like I did makes a great holiday gift for you, perhaps a graduation present, or maybe it's your New Year's resolution. Both links are in the show notes. And now back to our show, Coffee Culture. You were like number one in Nicaragua for a while. So like you were an influencer there. I was. I was a Nicaragua celebrity. I, I, I'd booked the flight. We'd got the tour all planned out. Sadly, it fell through. No, but, well, but, uh, I know you yeah, don't do your, your, so yeah, your the, podcast, right? 
I'll give the context. I'll, I'll give the context. Yeah, I'll give the context. So Holly and I actually met through podcasting. Um, my podcast was Build Your Superpower, uh, which was you know m- much less well known than hers is now in season five, which is very impressive. <laughs> Thank you. Um, but back in the day when I had the Build Your Superpower podcast, uh, and it was all about essentially the question of you know not how did interesting people like my boss, for example, do it. They did, but why did they do it? You know, everyone says, you know, follow your heart, find what you love. The idea was like, well, that's actually really hard. Like, how do you work out what you love? How do you work out what your yes. heart is saying? Yes. Super tough, right? So we would introduce these interesting entrepreneurs, um, you know, like Diraj, co-founder of Shazam, or we had the founders of um, Metro Bank, which is a big bank here in the UK, or like directors of Twitter, Candy Crush, like these kind of, you know, well-known brands and be like, okay, yeah why did you do it like why was this your calling um and so that you know was something we were really proud of and there was a point there was a point in peak you know marketing and peak kind of like you know build your superpower hysteria that we were the number one business podcast in nicaragua and number five in the business category in kuwait which <laughs> round which of applause was, well, love it what was so funny was when I shared that on LinkedIn, I shared it in a way where like the image basically looked like I was saying we were number one in like the business category. And then I clearly made clear afterwards that like it was in Nicaragua. I made jokes about always wanting to be a Nicaraguan celebrity and, you know, how I could finally tell my parents what I'd achieved in all these things. But I think a bunch of people read it as just me saying we'd got to number one. So people were like, oh my God, that's so amazing. Well done. Like now I'm getting the irony of this post. <laughs> I was basically taking a piss being like, you know, I'm finally a Nicaraguan celebrity. Uh, not that there's anything wrong with being a Nicaraguan celebrity. I'm just, you know, I'm just not that either. Right, um, right, right, right. That was as close as I got, yeah. <laughs> and, you got, and you got like all these like influencer deals after that, right? <laughs> Everybody was calling uh, you. You're number uh, yeah, one. Yeah, we made we, we actually made the following week. I think 35 million in influencer sales. But Excellent. unfortunately, the week after that, I lost it all in a gambling debt in Vegas. <laughs> so unfortunately, I'm I'm none I'm none better than I was. Uh, and you know, this wasn't on the blockchain, so this, these transactions can't be can't be traced. But I yeah. can assure you, yeah, we were we were a big deal for uh, about a week afterwards until I lost it. All. Damn, I wish I knew Definitely. you were in the U.S. I would have like joined you in Vegas for that one moment in in roulette when you lost thirty five million dollars. Well, the problem is if I if I told you I was going to be there, you would have also told your millions of followers, and then I would have been harassed, and you know it would have been like you know paparazzi, and absolutely would have gotten no sleep. You would have had to like stay up to all hours signing autographs and you know taking selfies with with strangers. Yeah, that would have really sucked for you. I think I'm I'm glad I didn't. Yeah, right. <laughs> I know, I know. You just let me focus on what I had to do, which was you know lose. What did I say? 35 million? Something like that? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, at, yeah. At Vegas. Yeah, and on millions of followers. What would I have lost it on? Oof. Roulette. I roulette, lost it on that's roulette. what I'm saying. Yeah, that's I put what I'm it, saying. I put, like it, on, a... I put, I put oh. it on green. I put it all on green. <laughs> didn't, didn't play off. <laughs> that's where you went wrong. <laughs> <laughs> that's hysterical. Yeah. That's hysterical. So let me just tell you that like there is a blend of coffee from Nicaragua that I drink every morning. Shout out to Zeke's Coffee here in D.C. <laughs> wow. That's, what does it taste like? It's It tastes really good. It's a really nice um, 
I'm going to say medium body coffee and um, very smooth, not acidic, a little bit of a, a nut flavor to it. It's very quite nice, actually. I just realized the big flaw in my question, which is I said that with a genuine sense of curiosity, but then having drunk, never drunk coffee, your answer meant literally nothing to me. I was like, yeah, warm bodied fair. coffee. But wait a minute. I can, yeah. What? Have you had anything with coffee? A sip of coffee, a dessert that has coffee in it, a bourbon that's infused with coffee. Like, have you ever had anything where like that taste has entered your true. mouth? I've had coffee cake. And also coffee smells delicious. I have to admit, um, I'm getting more and more tempted by it, but I have had coffee cake. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And coffee yeah, chocolate, maybe. Coffee cake doesn't taste like coffee, but coffee candy, oh. <laughs> like some sort of chocolate. I think coffee cake got the name. Okay. This is, I guess I have to research this. Coffee cake got its name because it's served with coffee, but I don't believe it's made with coffee. Whereas like Things like tiramisu, they use espresso. Um, there's certain desserts that do actually use coffee in it. But I think coffee cake is just cake you have with coffee. Not 100% sure about that. Is that even legal? That, it's that probably sounds, illegal. Like but you know what? You know, <laughs> It's probably illegal. But maybe if you serve the cake on a coffee table, it bridges that whole divide. This is like... I, when I found this out, I, I genuinely thought I was living in an Alex Jones conspiracy. Um, I found out that milk chocolate doesn't have any chocolate in it. It's just, no, not as a lie, not milk chocolate, white chocolate. Yeah, Apparently no. white chocolate doesn't yeah. actually have any chocolate. No. It's just, it's, I don't even know what it is. It's just milk with chocolate flavoring, I suppose. Like, um, what, I what's going I, on? I think it's got um, the cocoa butter but not the actual uh, cocoa bean or something like I don't I, look at I don't do white chocolate because it's not like real chocolate to me. So I probably couldn't give you the ingredients on something that's white chocolate. It's like it's I don't know how to explain it. It's like having um a, a canned frappuccino out of the fridge at the airport is akin to white chocolate for me. Like it's nothing. It's just full of like sugar and cream and whatever. It doesn't even taste like it. So that's. Well, that's the, gr the green and black one is quite nice, but I, I totally agree. Like it, now I've discovered it's not chocolate. I, I'm kind of a bit disturbed. It's a little bit like, I'm not saying this is the case because I, I don't know the age of the audience, but imagine if Santa were to not exist uh and someone were to tell you that santa didn't exist which you know obviously would be traumatic it kind of felt a bit like what i would imagine that would feel like you know i've had lived my whole life you know just believing quite understandably that white chocolate is is chocolate <laughs> and then to find out that that's just not true it was like wow what do i do now do i retire do i like you know is this it you know is this where it all ends i just it's i wasn't where sure it all ends <laughs> It's where where the reindeer skid in your front yard and turn around and go the other way. Sorry. Don't don't talk to me about reindeer. We we actually live on a farm, or my family home is on a farm where I'm um I am today. And um and literally I think they were telling me that there's like a deer problem where they're turning on the lights at night. Um like at like you know 11 11 p.m or something and the house is just surrounded by deer like like zombies and they're just oh. <laughs> like, a little, like a, the motion center motion censored lights so they just come on 
no, they turn them on deliberately to check and the deer are just like eating the garden, which is sounds cool and everything. But it's like my parents worked really hard to put all these like shrubs and nice plants in their around their home and stuff. And the the, deer, the reindeer, Santa's are, reindeer are just Santa's totally demolishing them. hungry. So um, maybe you need to put carrots out for the reindeer so that they eat that instead. Yeah, but then the badgers take the carrots. You see, there's so many no, layers no, to this problem. No, no, because Santa beats the shit out of them so that the reindeer can have the <laughs> carrots. So you're okay. You know, I'm going to plug something right now because it's just made me think of it. My animator, amazing woman called Erin Clark, uh, if anyone wants to look her up on LinkedIn, that's E-R-I-N Clark, as it sounds, because I'm dyslexic and sp- can't spell the name. Um she has a animated video called Target Xmas, which uh, I think she did all the way back at university. And it's basically what well, the original title was called was Santa Assassin, because it's all about this like assassin who dresses up as Santa Claus to go to this Santa Claus convention to kill the real Santa. <laughs> and it's just, it's ridiculous, but it's actually really cool. It's really well done. Um, so yeah, and Santa, Santa sorts him out at the end. So Santa has violent tendencies. I mean, oh, Santa's the good right. guy in this story, right. but like, yeah, he, but, he, but he as a defender, no he has to, you know, yes, he, yes. Yeah. Well, if yeah, you want yeah, to send yeah. me that link, I'll throw that in the show notes for everybody. I, I have, I have to tell you, um, when my son was really young and believed in Santa, by the way, we're a blended family. So we celebrate Hanukkah. I'm Jewish and christmas because my husband's catholic yeah so we we have both yeah so my son's super lucky yes if you ask the question he's super lucky he's an only child and he gets both holidays so when he was i know i know you could be jealous of him that's okay um when (laughs) when he was younger and believed in santa my husband used to go outside and he would take two pieces of wood Um, Or he would just like put his big boots on and he would shuffle in a line across the property to make it look like the sled, the sleigh had landed on the front lawn. And then he would take carrots and he would chew pieces of them on the ground and put whole pieces, then throw like a couple whole carrots out there. And so that when my son woke up on Christmas morning, he had the evidence in the front yard that Santa did, in fact, land on our property and and came down that chimney. And then we also would have a large cookie nearby and we would take like one or two bites out of it and leave the cookie there. So there was evidence that Santa arrived. We played the whole the whole thing. That's incredible. See, this I feel like I wouldn't know because I'm, I'm, you know, I'm not a parent just yet. But it feels like this is the gray line a parent treads between an extremely fun existence and an extremely tedious one. Like on one hand, that's incredibly fun, right? Like you're faking the arrival of Santa Claus. It was really fun. Like that's just really fun. But on the other hand, it's like, you know, at what point did they, all these like little things you have to do become like, shit, now we got to like fake the carrot. Do you know what I mean? It's like, that I know. can be boring, but at the same time, that's really cool. And so sweet that your your husband thought to do that. Like, what a what a wonderful gesture. 
Yeah, I, you know what? Your son, your son knows Santa isn't real. He won't listen to this and be like, you're kidding me. <laughs> you mean those carrots weren't eaten by we, the reindeer we this might, whole time? We probably should tell him because he's 21. And I think that um, to continue this farce, would probably be detrimental to his growth as an adult and that people will, he'll lose friends because they'll think he's crazy. So we probably should tell him the truth now that um, the Easter bunny is mom and dad and Santa is mom and dad. I probably should, I probably should pull, take the wool from over his eyes and tell him it's probably time. What about, what about the tea fairy? What's, what's going on with the tea fairy? Yeah, well, you know, I think he lost sight of it because he hasn't lost teeth in many years. <laughs> so I think he kind of that conveniently under the pillow. <laughs> yeah, I think I think he conveniently forgot about the tooth fairy. So I'm probably I'm probably okay with that, but I probably need to say something about Santa because he might still be under mm. the um, you know, he might still think he's real. It's possible. Here's here's a question for your listeners: What what coffee would Santa drink? Oh, that's a great question. All right. Um, what what do you think he would drink? We we have to put our we have to put our you know our thoughts in. Well, I'm going to base my knowledge of coffee of the the limited exposure I've had to your coffee podcast. Given I don't really know a lot about coffee, but I've heard things. I, I think he wouldn't have an iced coffee. I've heard because like he's cold all the time, right? Like he mm. lives in the North Pole or the South Pole. He lives in one of the poles. Like that that shit. North Pole. North Pole, there we go. Listen to the North Pole. Um, so he's not drinking iced coffee. So you know what? I think Santa Santa gets this reputation for being like fat and like kind of a bit jolly and useless. But the logistics on that guy, like he's like Amazon before Amazon, right? You know, you're talking the globe. You're talking, you know, pretty much no one sees him flying the night before. So that shit, same day delivery on an international scale. So that's pretty impressive. That's Even not Jeff, a guy Jeff who's, Bezos you know, is jealous. Even Jeff Bezos is jealous of him, yeah. by the way. Yeah, Jeff, I've seen, I've seen some, very, some very disparaging comments on LinkedIn of, that Jeff Bezos made about Santa. But go ahead. Let's not go there. Yeah, that's why that's that's why Jeff Bezos actually stepped down. Like because I I think I remember reading in a in an article somewhere that um he just felt that he could no longer continue this pursuit of competing with Santa, and and as a result, uh, there was just not any purpose for him there at Amazon anymore. So naturally, he stepped down. I agree. Um, but that 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 aside, you know, I leave that between between <laughs> Jeff and Santa. <laughs> <laughs> but but to our point here, yeah, Santa's like, you know, he's not fucking around. So I don't know. That feels like a shot of espresso kind of guy. You know, mm. he gets up. Um or maybe, or maybe, you know, it's the 21st century. Maybe we've all been fed a lie. Maybe Santa doesn't do shit, and it's actually Miss Santa. And she's the one, you know, wearing the trousers and, you know, ordering the logistics. And he's just the face of the operation. So really, he's just there with his super milky caramel sprinkles, cappuccino thing. And she's the one running the show. Um, so, you know, there's a lot of angles there. So um, do you know Mrs. Claus's first name? 
Uh, I don't text his wife that much, I must admit. So, so no, sadly. No booty calls from Cormac. <laughs> um, actually, her her name is Jessica, and I won, I won that in a trivia game. The Jewish girl in the room knew that Mrs. Claus's first name was Jessica from watching all of the cartoons with my son. Yeah, it's Jessica Claus. I just wanted to share that. Oh, wow. But, wow. See, I taught you something um, so important. <laughs> it's like that piece of trivia you have to have. That's cool. Um, I like your idea about the espresso as being Santa's coffee choice. So here's something that um, was confirmed to me recently on a podcast, but I, I knew this, but I wasn't 100% sure. Light roast coffee is higher in caffeine than dark roast because the more you cook coffee, you actually cook the caffeine out of it. So... I think he has light roast coffee and because he's so used to having, you know, everybody leave cookies and treats and stuff for him that he has a tendency to put like a lot of sugar and and cream in his coffee and maybe top it with whipped cream like he 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 drinks it like it's a a cake or something. That's what I think. Yeah, he's a he's a he's a he's a modern man, always on the go. He's got to combine those those calories, get that sugar intake. <laughs> Although of those sugar sugar makes you tired. I know I know you have random health tips on this podcast. I do. It is it is believed that you know sugar is actually very poor for energy. It is. I just got some post. Turned out it was a subpoena from Jeff Bezos telling us to stop spreading uh, vicious rumors about his beef with Santa. This is why I had to interview you. Cormac, you have like the best sense of humor (laughs) in the whole wide world. (laughs) You're getting, I don't, I don't, I don't think it's that funny. I I don't really want to be, uh, you know, sued by Jeff Bezos. I think you're getting one too. So (laughs) so. I've been (laughs) served. I just heard the doorbell ring. I'm being served. No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) That's too funny. (laughs) Imagine. He's the kind, he's the kind of guy. I, I don't know. I feel like. I mean, you've got to have an ego if you build an empire that big, right? Like you have to. So, so. it'd be interesting to see the level of jokes that, you know, he doesn't find too funny. <laughs> Wait, you know, Santa's pretty up there too. Do you think like, I don't know. Do you think he Yeah, can... but Santa, Santa's Santa though. Santa's like, Santa's kind of like above all that, quite literally. I mean, he flies in the sky, right? Like he's quite literally above all of that. So I feel like, yeah, I don't know. I feel like if like I feel like Santa's like some kind of mix between uh, some jolly fat person and Clint Eastwood, and I don't know. He's too cool for school. Like it would take a lot. Like there's a bit of Denzel Washington and Santa. You know, take a take a lot to to rattle his cage. Like he's old school, right? You know, he was he was delivering presents to the dinosaurs. You know, they. What, know, did, that's, what did he deliver that's the kind to of them? We're dealing with her. Like, what? Well, what do you think? Well, you know, like, uh, I, I, I heard, I heard actually that the a uh, big, big, big product back then was uh, hand extensions for the T Rexes because they were so <laughs> embarrassed about their little chicken hands. They would, they would often order uh, little, little hand extensions, you know, because that was the thing back then, right? It wasn't like, hey, who can tear each other's head off? Because they were all pretty good at that. It was like, hey, who's got the least stupid arms? And that was how the um. That was how the uh, you know the the uh, the apex or the the pyramid of society was decided back then by arm length. That's what I've read anyway somewhere. 
You heard it here on Coffee David Culture. <laughs> Wasn't that David Attenborough season three, episode four? I think I think that's right, right? I think I Cue the Jurassic Park music now. <laughs> Forget my theme song. Yeah. <laughs> you know what? Those films are getting so fucking stupid. That's going to be the third one. Like the new ones they made, they ain't so dumb. That actually will be the plot. <laughs> Oh man, I'm like literally tears in my eyes here. This is awesome. Carmack, you're amazing. I'm telling you, I, I wish like I could just basically have a coffee break with you on a weekly basis because it would just set the t- tone for my week. Like it would just be so much fun. So I, I'm- That's very I'm, kind of you. I'm so glad you came on Coffee Culture. Thank you. Me too. I mean, we've been planning it, as you know, for Sabotage. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, it's, I'm, I'm that's ambushed. Very kind of you to say, and, I'm flattered. Yeah, I ambushed you. You were sabotaged. You were framed. You you're being served legal paper. We've done we've done it all today. It's like guerrilla warfare, honestly. It's like like we're ready. Um, yeah, when when it when when it truly collapsed out here, and you know, it starts to become some kind of giant civil war. I feel prepared now. You should. I should probably change my title on LinkedIn to reflect my guerrilla tactics in marketing. So I'm, I'll work on that. Maybe you can help me reframe my title or something. So what are you working on next, Cormac? What am I working on? I'm working on two, well, two things really. And one is, and the same as usual, things are going pretty good with work. Um, you know, pretty, pretty pleased with, uh, how how we've done especially towards the end of the year and i'm working on i'm working on basically making myself redundant because not because i want to be unemployed but because you know in principle the business should work well without me you know i shouldn't be an essential piece and so in principle most stuff um could be done by someone else or even automated or whatever yeah i was gonna say you're gonna uh, start so i want to do that yeah, which will either free up my time to work on other stuff in the business or just to do something completely separate. And I mean, what I kind of need to free up my time for at the moment, which is why I haven't seen you, partly why I've been so busy, is the maths and economics degree that I'm doing. Um, you know, because like we were joking on the episode that I kind of did maths and economics with sociology, but I did that, that isn't typical. I did it by choice because I kind of fell in love with it. I've basically been pursuing it ever since. Um, but to see what I can do with that, I really need to give it like a dedicate, almost like my version of a sabbatical where mm. people like, you know, go and travel and stuff. I want to travel through the land of like mathematics and statistics. That'll be my traveling, mm. um, and really dive into that. That's, that's something that I need to, like, I'm, I'm in the final year of the degree, but to, you know, to get the compounding returns, there's a difference between you know, getting good grades and exams and actually deeply understanding something. And I want to deeply understand it. So it kind of requires a lot of effort. Wow. This is that serious side of Cormac that you hid in the whole yeah. interview. It's, <laughs> it's fascinating. <laughs> yes. This is the other actually, side. The deep thinker. I'm only, I'm only 50% complete idiot, despite how best I've tried to present myself. <laughs> <laughs> So will you be um, hiring more people, do you think? Or are you going to try and automate? Like, do you, do you have any idea how you're going to go about that? The Kind of, yeah, the opposite. More like we hired a bunch and then to see what worked, what didn't, and then distilled down from that. And now we know what the core roles are. And so basically it will be adjusting the kind of 
contracts for those roles to kind of match seasonal demand uh and either keeping the same people or or you know like swapping out to more experts in that role because originally we had broader people to some extent to because we didn't know exactly what the roles were and it was like you know these were done as kind of like um university collaborations to give students like to for example some of the roles i'm thinking of were to a mix between us finding out what we actually needed because we didn't really know and also getting really interesting bright ideas from like you know people who just graduated or whatever um and obviously you know we paid them but the deal was more about is like explorative for both of us whereas now some of those people have got to the stage where we feel like we've kind of worked out what works and they're ready to do their next big thing so it's like okay so now you know they're almost like overqualified at this point um Mm -hmm. because now we've managed to distill the role down into like its core components without the bells and whistles so then we might find you know people more specialized basically Interesting. Um, so yeah so you created like an intern like an intern incubator and from that yeah basically yeah you now have very clear yeah sorry we we ran competitions which was really cool um because we, we wanted to you know like it's just exciting to see what people come up with um and i obviously had links to my old university so we ran a bunch of competitions like like impact investing competitions for example which the research that came out of that my my boss actually you know invested behind that research like it wasn't like investment advice it was more like you know food for thought and then you know we took it further invested behind that but that was really rewarding for the students at the time because it meant that yeah you know, it wasn't just like theoretical right their work actually had real results and this was impact investments as well so it was you know a positive impact on the planet uh and and some of them were particularly passionate about that and kind of wanted to pursue it further so then the natural response was like well you know we've seen your quality we've seen what you do you, you want to take it further well why don't you come and work for us for you know three months or whatever um and that was that was really cool because it was it was really exciting for them and like you know Raj is a fantastic person to work for and is always trying to find ways to kind of open doors for people uh you know it's one of the the luxuries of the success he's had um and also great for us because you know there's no it's it's very on brand because it's like really fun because uh, it's a fun way to find people. You're not having to send out tedious job searches or sit through CVs. You already know the quality that people come up with because you've seen them do it for three weeks in a competition. So it removes a lot of like the information asymmetry problems. So it's just a really like f- like recruitment's meant to be not fun. This was both fun and effective. So that, that was something that was really cool. And the yeah. incubator is a nice way to think about it. It was kind of like a a young talent incubator. Is that mm. yeah? good metaphor Cormac you're amazing next time I have you on I think we're gonna have to force you to try some coffee or eat some chocolates with coffee in it and we'll talk about that (laughs) okay I'm I'm excited can't wait (laughs) (laughs) thanks Cormac you're awesome appreciate it would you like to join the party coffee lovers I have two ways for you Please go over to YouTube now and subscribe to at Holly Shannon, and there'll be all the videos of this podcast there as well. What's the second way you can do that? You can leave a review with your ideas in Apple Podcasts. Either way, I would love it if you share a hot cup of connection and coffee culture with a friend. And if you'd like to support this indie podcaster, you can buy me a coffee. The link is in the show notes. Thank you, coffee lovers.
This season is produced by Pale Blue Studios. Thank you.